You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. Well, good morning once again. My name is Victoria, and I'm here on staff at Radiant Church. And I want to welcome our guest speaker today, Pastor Edgar Gomez from Radiant Church in Guadalajara, Mexico. A couple of things. Yes. Woo. Yeah. (laughs) It's exciting to have him back with us. It's been a couple of years, but we're excited to have him with us. A couple of things to know about him. He is married to Erica, and they have three wonderful children, Gabriel, Eliana, and Caleb. They have served the local church as pastors since 2002. They moved to Guadalajara, Mexico in October of 2017 as missionaries and church planners. And just so you know, Guadalajara is the second largest city in Mexico. It has eight plus million people with less than 2% evangelical Christians. So a very big mission field there. They launched... uh, And they launched Iglesia Radiante, or Radiant Church, in February of 2019. And this is the first international church in our Radiant Network. And us here at Radiant Church have been a huge help to them um, in what they are doing in Mexico. We've been supporting them as a church, and we are excited to have Pastor Edgar Gomez back. So let's give a warm Bay City welcome to Pastor Edgar Gomez. Hey, Radiant Bay City, how's it going? This is cool. It's so good to be back here. Um, I bring you lots of love and greetings from our family or your extended family south of the border, Iglesia Radiante. Somebody say Radiante with me. Yeah, okay, all right. We'll get it before the end of the day, I think. So, which actually I think some of them are watching online. So say, hola, Iglesia Radiante. Come on, give me a hand right here. Yeah. Welcome, glad you're here. (laughs) And uh, for all of you who are joining us online, welcome. We're glad to have you aboard. We pray that whatever God is doing in this place will just transfer in a a supernaturally cool way to where you're at today. Um, So happy 4th of July. I guess this is, this is, man, there's people on the 4th of July at church. That is freedom right there. I'll tell you what. (laughs) But it's so good. Um, I had the honor of serving in the Air Force. And I'll tell you what, this is a special holiday for me. I love love being in Mexico. But I'll tell you what, no better nation on the earth, I tell you what, than than the United States of America. I'll tell you that myself, right? And so, but we love it. We love it. Um, Yeah, like Victoria said, uh, I have three kids. And I have my favorite daughter with me today. She's right there. Um, She's my only daughter. Don't get freaked out. There's going to be no, you know, no messed up family situations. She's my only daughter. (laughs) But so at Radiant Church down in Guadalajara, we're we're excited. We've been, you know, globally as a community, we've been through a mess, right, in the past year and a half or so. We're just now getting to uh, to go back. When we, when we go back next week in July 18th, we'll be starting back weekly in-person gatherings. So we're excited about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can give it up. Um, and, you know, we hadn't done anything in person until April. We started a once-a-month thing. And We've seen God do some cool things. The, 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 the meeting before coming here, June 13, we had uh, a bunch of people bring their friends and new friends and family. And 10 people gave it, made a decision to, to, to follow Jesus in that meeting. And I want you to know that, yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is all something you guys are a huge part of. 
And we are so grateful. We're thankful for you in all kinds of ways. And thankful for Pastor Marco and Carrie and their friendship and their leadership and your team here. So trust me, you guys are a huge part of what we do and you're a huge part of our heart. So we love you, Radiant Bay City. Thank you for having me here uh, today. And today I want to just wonder if we can get into the word. Um, I know Pastor Marco is doing a series on the Beatitudes, right? And so I know you guys are walking through that. He shared that with me. Uh, um, and you're walking through that this summer. So I want to I wanna invite you to come with me to Matthew chapter 5. Um, and we'll get there in just a minute. But I love being, I love being part of the Radiant Network family. I'll tell you what. And I love the fact that our name reminds us of our mission, Right? To be radiant, that is to, to, to shine the, the light in the darkness, right? To, to bring the grace, the love, and the power that is in Jesus Christ to, to a, a world that desperately needs it. And I know maybe you've heard this, but truly, and, and being in situations like what we've had as a, as a global community over the last year and a half or so, uh, and, and definitely for us sometimes being in different, different countries, we know this, there is nothing that's going to fix society, and the local church is the hope of the world. Right? Can I get one amen on that? Yeah? Amen. The local church is the hope of the world. I know, I know it's the hope that brought, uh, I know it is what brought hope to my world. I didn't grow up in church. Uh, I didn't grow up knowing, I grew up knowing about God, but not knowing him personally. Y'all kind of know what I'm saying. Um, and, and where we are at now, there's a ton of people like that. And I, and I love those people because they're me. I was them. Right? And so um, I, I know that, that, I know I am familiar, I am well acquainted with the emptiness, with the hopelessness, with sometimes the frustration of having nowhere to, to, to shoot for in life or nowhere to know how to get out of something. And then Jesus comes into your life. And I am also aware and, and familiar and acquainted with, with the life that comes through that. You know, I know what it's like to live without Jesus. I know what it's like to be, live with Jesus. And can I get one good amen? With is better. Come on, with is much better. And so, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And, and you know what, what did it for me? It was someone like you. An invitation to church changed my life. The person who invited me didn't even disciple me, right? Like they just invited me and somebody else in the local church was someone that, that discipled me. And I mean, but, but without that one invitation, my life, I... I was, I was a wreck and on my way to becoming a greater wreck. You know, and then wrecking other people's lives. I know, I know that for a fact. And so um, that's why today I would like to maybe invite you to consider with me your role. Somebody say my role. Okay, that was a little weak, so I'm going to give you one more shot. Say my role. All right, this is good. You're playing along. I love it. So, so your role in, 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 this, in this mission that Jesus, as, as his followers, that we have to... To influence our world or influence your world. Or like say it, if you're a note taker, to season our world, right? To, to put a little flavor, right, into our world. Now I'll tell you what, flavor now means a whole different thing to me than it did, you know, a few months ago. Because, you know, a couple months ago, I got COVID. And, uh, and, you know, I was like, man, over a year, I'm good. You know, I was like, we got this. And then, boom. And how did I know I had COVID? Because I couldn't taste or smell Doritos, 
right? If you can't smell Doritos when they're in front of you, sums up. And so, so uh, uh, I still am. I'm, I'm just now beginning to taste a little something. I had I had a little Dr Pepper yesterday on the way here, and I think I was able to taste three of the 23 flavors. I mean, I, I think I'm getting there, you know. So I'm grateful for that. But so flavor and seasoning mean a whole new thing to me now. I'm I'm more appreciative than I ever was about how something should taste. And I know that God has an idea in his heart about how this church or his church should taste. How you and I should be able to flavor our world. Now I want to invite you to, to look at that with me today. Somebody say, season my world. That's right. That's right. Um, there, there's, a, there's an organization called the Barna Research Group. You maybe heard of it. Maybe you read some of their, some of their information. They're, they're a great research firm. And they put out an article about a, a year and a half, two years ago. It was titled, Sharing Faith is Increasingly Optional to Christians. <laughs> so obviously I saw that and I was like, I got to read this. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean it's optional, right? What Bible are these guys reading? So, so in that article, it, it said that a growing number of Christians don't see sharing the good, news, the good news of Jesus Christ as a personal responsibility. And that today, almost 50% of Christians believe that Sharing the gospel is the job of the local church, not theirs. <laughs> to which I'm like, who do these people think the local church is? <laughs> like, like, we is you. Like, <laughs> we are the local church, you know. And I'm grateful for the fact that, that we have buildings. Which, by the way, congratulations, Radiant Bay City, on your new house. This is amazing. Great job. And, and, I've, and being able to meet in person again. I mean, let me tell you. This, this, like speaking to like live people, has been limited for me in the past year and a half. So I might have you participate a little more down the road. So, so but this is crazy, right? That people would think. Yeah, you know, that's somebody else's responsibility. So when we think of season in our world, we go to Matthew 5, right? And, and we know this, and you probably already know this, if you're already in this Beatitude series, you probably already know. Matthew 5 is the start of this great, you know, well-known Sermon on the Mount. This is where Jesus kind of lays down the, the blueprints to what this new community should look like, this new kingdom even should look like. This is where, where, you know, he tells about like, you know, you are used to getting slapped and slapping somebody back. And then, you know, they poke your eye, you poke their eye back. And, and you, you kind of you read that stuff from the Old Testament. And I know if, we, if we're honest, I almost like that part, right? But, but knock it off, right? <laughs> it's like, come here, I'll give you a new Old Testament treatment, right? But then he goes and he starts with the Beatitudes, which you guys are studying. But immediately after that, part of his introduction into this thing, he, he goes and he says in verse 13 through 16, he says, you, somebody say me. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Now, it doesn't say pastors are the salt of the earth. You know, missionaries are the salt. Of, elders or leaders in the church are the, are the salt. Of, it says you, like you, we, us, like we're it, right? We are the salt. You are the salt of the earth. It says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Man, I know about that stuff. It says, and it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are also <laughs> the light of the world. You are radiant, right? You're the light of the world. And a town built on a hill or on a bay, yeah, yeah, cannot or should not be hidden. It says, neither do people light up a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, a, on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house or everyone in Bay City or everyone in Guadalajara, Mexico. Right? So just, you put it up there so people can see it. And in the same way, let your light shine, radiant, 
right? Be radiant. Let your light shine that, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your, your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for how you love us in such a way that you would never leave us stranded without direction in this world. But you gave us clarity and you gave us truth. And God, we ask now that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Father, I pray that you give us a, God, a heart of understanding and give us, give us boldness in the middle of the, of the world we live in to not just hear this stuff and walk out of this place the same way we came in, but, but to actually do what you say and be transformed by it. In Jesus' name. Amen? All right, so, so we get into this. And when we think about salt, salt essentially does three major things, right? It, it adds flavor. If you're a note taker, you can write this down. It it preserves and it heals. And if you're from Michigan, it also melts ice, right? Now, I didn't put that in there because in the biblical context, that wasn't part of it. But we know salt can do that, right? But basically, it'll add flavor, it'll preserve, and it'll heal all year round. That's what it does all year round. And that's the reason why you are here. You ever wonder, I mean, you, you come to know Christ and you, you receive eternal salvation and then you're still here? Like, why doesn't he just snap us out of here and takes us out and, you know, helps us? You know, why can't God have us avoid all this hassle, right? And the reason for that is because you are what this world needs. The, 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 the reason why you, the church, us, the church, we, the church, whatever, but we, the local church, not like these other people in this article, like, oh, that local church. You know when somebody's talking about the local church as the local church, you know they're not part of it, right? That's just, like, obvious. But, but, but the reason why we, the, the body of Christ, are still on the earth is to flavor this thing a little bit. We need, we need to add some flavor, right? Sorry, I'm Mexican, so I got a little, uh, right? But anyway, so... so so we're here to, to, to flavor, to preserve, to, to help God bring his healing to people around us. And this is why it's so important that you and I experience transformation personally. Because how many know you can never give what you don't have? <laughs> right? Never give away what you don't have. You know? And so, so with, with that, you know, I love the message paraphrase. It has this, one of these verses as, it says, let let me tell you why you're here. It's kind of, it's this is Matthew 5.13 in, in the paraphrase of, of the messages. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. And if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> If you're, if you're a note taker, there's, there's like a central thought that I'd love to maybe share with you. And, and maybe you and I could walk out of this today remembering this one thing, right? It's not, it's not super profound. I'm not that kind of guy, I know. But, but, but I think it'll help us. And that is this. Salt was never meant to stay in the shaker. Would you agree? I mean, how worthless, <laughs> right? If you like go and get, you know, you go to Walmart, whatever, you go to the store, you buy, buy salt and you get your little shaker. Maybe you got a nice little shaker from like Bronner's or something. Like you got a Christmas salt shaker. Well, I don't know, whatever it is, whatever floats your boat, right? And then, and then oh, you have a 4th July base hit. You, bro, you guys can do fireworks. I'll tell you what. Forever in my life, I will now connect fireworks with Bay City. That was amazing last night. You guys killing it. Anyway, so, 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 
So I'm wondering if you guys had like last year's fireworks and this year's fireworks and put them all together because that was like three hours of fireworks. Like there's like, awesome. But, but you don't go to the store and then come and fill your salt shaker and then just clean it up and pre it up and then just put it on, put it on the shelf and just look at it, right? Because that would be, be kind of lame, right? That'd be, that'd be, this, it's useless. So as followers of Jesus, we can see here from, from Scripture that we're supposed to influence season and flavor the world around us and and if people around us who don't know God aren't at least getting a little bit curious about him by being around us I think we should kind of honestly question how salty we are right I mean we should if we're honest with ourselves we should kind of like hmm am I being an effective salty person right and and, and so Mark 16 15 Bible says, he said to them, speaking of Jesus, go into all the world. And, and yes, the world includes, you know, like, like we got a tap on the shoulder, my family and I, to, to go and do missions in a different country. And that's in, definitely included in that. But do you understand? The world is your world, right? You know people at, at the place, at your place of employment, in your business, in your school, in your circle of friends, you know, in your neighborhood. You know people Pastor Marco doesn't know. That's your world, right? That's your orbit of influence where, where church leaders are not connected to them, but you are, right? It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, right? Like in the same way that salt was never destined or meant to stay in the shaker, Christians were never meant to stay inside the church. Now, I'm glad we can get back to the church. Don't get me wrong. But this is not where, this is not where, this is not our final destination. This is where you come, you get the play, and then we go out there and we run it. Right? Because the missions field starts right outside those doors. And I'm sure you've heard that, but it's true. You have people in your world that I don't know, but you do. And God knows you do. So he has you there. Right? Wherever you is <laughs> or are. Right? And, and sometimes maybe you say, like, but Edgar, like, eh, you know, I'm like, like, I'm not like that. Like, I don't, I don't know about talking to people like that. And then, you know, and it gets weird. And, 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 and what, if, what if they ask me, like, what happened to the dinosaurs, right? And I don't know what to tell them. And, and while I think it's important to, at some point, you should, you know, get a couple of, you know, Ken Ham or something like that. You know, get a, a, you should maybe find out about some of this stuff because it's super interesting. At least to me it is a little bit. Um, you don't have to know that. To be an effective flavor agent in your world. Do you know what you do have to know? You have to know what happened to you when Jesus came into your life. That's all you have to know. And you know that, <laughs> right? I'm sure you know that. You hope you know that, right? So, so, so salt cannot impact uh, the flavor of a meal that's not added to, right? And you can't impact a city that you don't realize you are that agent for. So today my hope is, is in my prayers that we'll realize, hey, we're it, right? I mean, you're it. You're it for Bay City. I'm, 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 I'm called to Wallahar, but whatever. We're it together for our world, right? And so, so when the church retreats, kind of just hides back from the world, you know, it becomes more of a fortress, kind of like a lit up lamp, Right? Or a lamp under a bowl. And it, it's no longer able to brighten or bring light to a world filled with darkness. And you know that it is. I mean, it's been highlighted how much darkness there is. You know, you, it, it, there's, there's a world around us filled with division. 
right? And, 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 and polarization in all kinds of different areas. I'm not going to go there because that's Pastor Marco's job, but you know what it is, right? You know, you know it's true. There's, there's people who've suffered horrible pain, hopelessness right? Anxiety. This, this season that we've lived as a, as a world community or as a global community, it's not been, not been fun, right? And, and, and outside of all that, man, you add the incredible loss of life and all that it brings to people. And we know this because a lot of us, we, we've seen the hope and we've seen the, the, the change and the transformation in the life that comes by being connected to Jesus. We know that he is the answer and they need it. They need it. Your friends, some of your family members, your coworkers, your classmates, they need it. And you have it. But you got to shake it out. You know, and I'm not talking about like, shake it out. I'm, I'm talking like, <laughs> that's not the, that's the other kind of shake, you know, right? And so, you know, it's a dangerous thing that happens when we don't realize this. Because when we don't realize what we're talking about today and what Jesus was trying to get us to understand is that we go from being the church to simply doing church. And simply doing church, that's not fun, nor life-giving, and it's a very dangerous place to be. I know what doing church is like. And, and, and you've heard that, maybe you've heard this saying, no, it's not being in church is not the same thing as being in Christ. It's absolutely true. I know what, I know what doing church is like. The tradition I grew up in, right, I, I, I knew knowing, I, I grew up knowing about God, but I didn't know God personally. Right? And, and maybe you can identify with me in that. And, and so the tradition I grew up in, I knew how to do church. I knew what time it started. Right? I knew when to go and sit down. I knew when to when get up and sit down back again. And in my particular tradition, there was a time where you got up and you nailed down. And you, sat, you got up again and you sat down. Like, I knew how to do that. I was doing church. But I can guarantee you I was not part of it. I was not the church. Right? I was not in Christ. And... and I mean, I even knew, you know, some of the old, old people in the church had candy in their pocket. You know, so it's just a little kid, you go in, you kind of smile, like, hey, what's up? And, ah, oh, here you go, Ed Groot. Like, what up? I, I know how to do church. <laughs> right? Any of you have candy in your pocket? I just want to know. <laughs> but how many understand you can do church and not be the church? And I think what Jesus was trying to tell us to do this is like, don't do that. Make sure you don't fall into that, into that pit. And so, so this is where I think the fruit of what is happening inside the church can only really be revealed by what is happening outside its four walls, right? Like I hear you guys are doing a, 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 a serve day, and, and I know that you guys are encouraging you know, like small groups. You know, Troy was telling me about the grill and chills that you have like with some guys, men getting together, women getting together, couples, you know, coming, families coming together, and just being honest and being real and, and recognizing, hey, we all need somebody who knows us really, right, to help to, to keep growing. Because what? Because it's easy to do church. You know, you know, you know when you do church is you know, when you come in the, in the, in the door and you're like, hey, how's it going? Oh, everything's great. Oh, God, God bless you. <laughs> but on the way here, in the car, it was like hair, teeth, and eyeballs, right? And, and you're just doing church. <laughs> but when you're being the church, then you're being a, you're being a, a connected member of the church, right? Like you under, you're not, if you're being the church, you're not going to be one of those people that said what, but the er earlier article that I mentioned said, well, you know, the local church. <laughs> if you're talking about the local church as like a third party, you are not the church. You're just doing church. 
And that's a huge danger. I think God has wanted to say, don't do that. You know, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, one of my favorite verses of Scripture says, For the Son of Man, this is speaking about Jesus, it says, came to seek and to save the lost. Man, I know that. I, I know what it means to be saved because I know what it means to be lost. And if you were, if you were a medical physician, if you're a doctor, and Jesus came into your office, and you took your stethoscope and you put it on his chest, this is what you would hear as his heartbeat. Seek and save. 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 This is the heart of God. Because this is what he tells us he came to do. And, and, and if you and I are following Jesus, really, if you're, if you're being the church, then this has to be our heartbeat as well. Make sense? Because, because Jesus came with a mission, and then, he, and then he appointed us. He just turned it over, right? He gets, the motor, he gets the engine running. He gets it on the right tracks, and then he turns it over to you and to me, his disciples, his followers, right? And, 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 and he calls us to go into the world, which is every environment you're in. I mean, you might be in a job today that is not the job you want to stay in forever, but have you thought about the fact that maybe because you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world, God has, God has invited, invited you into this situation that maybe you don't love, but you have a mission in that place for someone or someones to know him better? Because at the end of the day, it's not about us, is it? It's about him. It has always been about him. And if we're going to do this thing right, it should always be only about Jesus. Right? And so, have you thought about that? Or there's this class maybe you have to take and, and, and you're like, I, I don't like this class. I don't like the topic. I don't like the professor. But here I am. And sure, you have to endure through it because maybe you have a goal to attain. But what if, what if during this time in your journey you realize, hey, I'm the salt I'm the light. And here's some classmates drowning in darkness without hope or direction, wondering, maybe even having spiritual questions. Do you think it's an accident you're there? No, you're the salt of the earth. You're the flavor they need in their hearts to make sense of life in a way that helps them get to eternity with instead of without God, right? And so, so this, you know, when, when, being like Jesus means that, that we value people like, like, like he does. It means that we value people above our traditions, right? We value people above our culture and our routines. It means that we value people above our preference. Or, or this one <laughs> that we don't like. We value people above our comforts. Because <laughs> let me tell you, I, I really like living in Michigan. But there's a lot of people where we're at that don't know God personally. And I think that's more valuable, <laughs> right? And, and, and here's the deal. You don't have to go to a different country to, to live that out. In this city, there are people, there are men, there are women, there are young adults, there are kids that need what you have. They need the seasoning that you've been, in, you've been, you've been uh, um, uh, uh, permeated with through the love of God. And so, so in Luke... And Luke, we, we, we see how, how God is wanting you and me to help these people find their way back home. 
right? He calls them the lost. I, just, I, I, I see also in scripture, we can call them people who are far from God, right? And, and in Luke chapter 15, can, can I give you guys a little bit of homework for this week? Is that okay? Is that okay to give a little homework? And then some of you are like, oh, dude, for real. But it's summer. You don't have class. Just take this one, all right? So here we go. Read, go home and read Luke 15 in its entirety. I'm going to paraphrase a lot of it, but I would love for you to personally catch the heart of God in your Bible reading. So go home and, and read Luke 15. But, but the first two verses say this. Now the tax collectors and sinners. <laughs> I love it. See, so, so tax collectors in the context of, of when this was being written, there were people who were not, not loved by their community. Right? Because they were, in essence, people who are traitors. They had betrayed their Jewish people to serve the Roman uh, occupying force, right, and, and get their money. And so, and so they didn't like them, right? Tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Huh? But wouldn't you think that the people with all the cool, you know, obedient hearts and Bible knowledge should be the ones gathering around to hear Jesus? <laughs> It was the tax collectors and the sinners, people nobody wanted to do with, right? People who were hated and people who were knowingly not on the right track, right? Who were coming to hear Jesus. It says, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, which was like the religious leaders of that day, right? They muttered and, and said, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Ew, right? Like, kind of like a British, ew, Right? I find it so interesting that people who are far from God felt comfortable around Jesus and, and, and wanted to hear what he wanted to say, but religious people didn't. <laughs> you know why? Because religion stinks. It never works. It has nothing for you right? Religion will not help you find God. It will divide us, <laughs> right? It'll cause us to argue and maybe even have wars over things. But relationship, now that's different. And that's what God has always offered. God has never offered you a religion. He's always offered you a relationship. And, and so I find it interesting that that's the way it goes, right? And, 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 and religious people here, we're seeing these people who are far from God as, as just, you know, sinners, something that, ugh, ugh, right? And when Jesus sees this, he does something that he does nowhere else in scripture. He tells three parables in a, in a row about the same thing. Like, like this was important to him. And so this is why I want you to go home and read the rest of Luke. I'll, I'll touch on him, but you should read it. And, and, and he goes and tells the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal or the lost son in this chapter. Because when he sees how religion and what religion was doing with people who were far from God but, but wanted to come near and how religion reacted towards them, he shows his passion for those that are far from God. I would say from us who were far from God. And thankfully, I'm, I'm, I'm closer now, right? But anybody in here who knows what it's like to be far from God, right? He shows us his passion in this text. And this is what I think Jesus was trying to tell us and, and teach us. Number one, he talks about the lost sheep. And I don't know if you're here or if you're watching online, and you'll identify with one of these. But he talks about the lost sheep, and, and we know this, that the sheep didn't get lost on purpose. I mean, I've heard, you know, some teaching and tradition on how sheep, from, you know, and some, sheep are not the smartest animal. I get it, right? <laughs> 
Well, it's us, right? <laughs> but but I but you know it didn't go, you know, like he didn't get up that little sheep like, oh, today I'm gonna have some grass and get lost. Like, like sheep don't do that. Most likely what you and I could probably understand is that sheep saw some attractive, you know, grass somewhere off on the side and got distracted. Right? And next thing you know, it's far from where it needs to be. And I think similarly, I think people don't get lost on purpose. I actually believe with all my heart because I, I haven't been there. I, I think people are just trying to survive the chaos of day-to-day life and paying bills and raising kids and a worldwide pandemic, right? They're not trying to be far. There's just so much going on. They're just lost. They're far away. And you know what they need? Somebody say me. Try it again. Somebody say me. (laughs) Yeah, they need someone to show them the way back to God. Someone to season their life a little bit with, with hope and restoration, right? And joy and peace in the middle of a crazy world. And, and you have the lost coin in verse 8. And, and we know this, the lost coin didn't get lost on its own. The coin being lost was, was the result of someone else's carelessness, wasn't it? And so I think similarly, we, some people are lost because they have experienced pain and rejection and, 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 and woundedness. They, they've, been, they've been abandoned and used and abused and hurt and they're lost. And, and likely, if, if, the, if you're there or if you've ever been there, you, you know this. You didn't even know you were lost. You couldn't even tell you were. And if you did, you wouldn't know how to get back to somewhere you, different. You were just in darkness, right? And, and if you're like me, you know exactly what that means. And they needed somebody shout me. They needed somebody to help them get back home. And then he talks about the lost son or the prodigal son. We know the story. And, and this dude, well, because of his own immaturity and selfishness, he makes, he makes some bad choices, right? And, 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 and when he realizes that what he did and, and the mess he created, how many know that when you make a mistake, you know it? Like, you don't need a message in church about that. You don't need anybody preaching to that. Like, you made a mistake. Because what, what, what you would do if somebody said that in that time of your life, you'd be like, duh. I know. Look at my circumstances. I know I made a mistake. Right? So you don't need that. You just need somebody to point you back home. And I think that's what Jesus is trying to tell us. And and when the son does realize that, like maybe you and I have at one point, and we turn around, when he turns and goes back home, you know what the father does not do? He does not condemn, reject, or ignore him. He, He opens his arms and, in, and runs to him and embraces him. And I, I pray you get what Jesus is trying to tell us through this for what you and I are supposed to do because I think that's exactly what we, the local church, are called to do. When somebody comes through that door, it's like, oh, he doesn't look right. It'll be like, dude, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> and, whether, and so maybe it's you. <laughs> maybe you're here today or, and, and you're here for the first time. Maybe, maybe somebody coerced you with lunch afterwards. Like, I'll buy you lunch if you come with me to this place, right? Or maybe you're watching like Whatever it is, you're not here by accident. You're here now and you're listening about God's heart for your life and how valuable you are to him. And, and so, so when we seek those who are far from God, what we're actually doing is we're valuing people. We're placing value on people like God does. You are, you are seasoning 
your world. You're adding flavor to your world. When you value people like God values people, you are driving back darkness with grace and with love and with supernatural power that now lives in you because of Jesus Christ. And sometimes all you have to do is an invitation to church or your small group or whatever or open up a conversation, right? It's all we have to do because I think what Jesus is trying to tell us, and maybe if you're a note taker, you write this down, but I think what he's trying to remind us with this is that when we have lost something of great value, you know this is true. We will stop at nothing until we find it, right? Can I get some honest hands? Anybody ever lost your car keys? Car keys, anybody? Car keys? Yeah, car keys losers, there you go. I mean, not like your little Well, that sounded bad. How about, how, about, how about your wallet? Wallet, anybody? Ah, right? How about the big one? Anybody ever lose your phone? <laughs> it's like you're lost. It's like I lost my life, right? My phone, right? Who am I now? I don't know, right? It's like my phone, you know? Or, or, or how about you go a little step worse? Like, like, like I lost one of my kids once. <laughs> and then, I don't know, anybody with me on that? Somebody honest enough to, oh, thank God. Okay. Ooh, and your women. Oh, even better. This is great. Uh, I thought it was just me because, oh, my God. See, I'm sweating now. But, but, but yeah, so, so you guys are cold here. And one time, I, I remember one time, I know, we have three kids. And, and, uh, and, and it was a busy season in our household. Our kids were very young, you know. And, and we had our little one was up and running. But he's just, he's just he's energetic. I think, actually, he's watching right now. I think they're in Holland watching. Hey, Caleb, what's going on? I'm going to talk about you a little bit, all right. So, but here's the deal. Uh, so I get home, and, and, and my wife, Erica, she's just, man, she's, you, you moms, you know this. She was going all, all guns out. And, and I got home, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the hero. I could be here. I was like, yeah, I could, I could hear that in the background as I said. I said, honey, today, rest of the afternoon, I got this. Right? So you take your time. You do whatever you need to do. Right? You, you read. You do the, the, the you know, Epsom salt bath. Whatever you got to do, I got this. And I had something I needed to buy. So I was like, hey, guys, we're going to the mall because at the mall where we lived, they had a carousel. Easy entertainment, right? And they had a bunch of stuff with lots of sugar, right? And that's cool. And so, and so I'm not dead. So, so, so we went, and we're, you know, and then we go to Kohl's. And, and so I'm looking for something, and meanwhile, the kids are playing hide-and-seek. And all of a sudden, I realize, I see one, I see two. Where's three? And, and if you... Those of you on his hands that went up, you know what that feels like, right? Like that whole, your whole blood rushes to your feet. And you're like, <gasps> and there's just this fear. One, of losing my kid. But two, having to tell my wife. <laughs> that is horrifying, right? <laughs> and so what do I do at that time? I say, Gabriel, Aliana, stop. Like, where is your brother? And you know what he had done? So you know those circular clothing displays? perfect hiding place. If you're small enough, perfect, right? You go in there, you win every time, right? And so Caleb, you know, he's a, he's a Gomez, so he wasn't going to lose, right? So he's like, I'm staying in here. And so we're all shouting, Caleb, Caleb, where are you at? And, and, and he thinks it's a game, so he ain't coming out. He just stays in there. And it was like the longest two and a half, three minutes of my life, right? And I'm like, Freaking out because you start, you know, as a parent, you start thinking all the stuff that's happening to your kid right now. Like, oh, no way. And, and I remember 
I was like, find your brother. Help me find your brother, right? And he eventually comes out, and when I saw him, man, I was like, oh, buddy. I mean, I wasn't mad. I was just glad I saw him again. I was like, oh, buddy. And then we went through our day, and I never let that dude go again. He's like, until you learn to stay by me, right? And so here's what I, I thought. And, you know, every, I think every experience, God allows us to, to see something, if we let him, that could really help us. And I just in my heart at that moment, well, after I stopped freaking out and all that, but I just... I just realized that's how hard, that's, that's how God feels for those that are far from him. You know? Like he's like, where are you? And I think if we connect with, with what Jesus is trying to teach us here, I think we'll realize that he wants our help. You know, like, hey, Troy, or Adam, Mary, like, Laura, stop whatever you're doing right now and help me find your little brother. Help me find your little sister. Stop. Because I remember at that time, like it was yesterday. I mean, nothing mattered. The sales in the store didn't matter. How much money I could save could care less. Nothing at that moment mattered to me other than finding Caleb. And I can guarantee you, as a father of three, there was no, no moment during that whole process where I was like, eh, I have, other, I have two others. Eh, you know, I've got a good percentage. You're right? I mean, and any, any parent with like a full set of brain cells never, would never think of that. No, it was like, I actually, I love my daughter and my older son, but can I tell you, I wasn't even thinking about them. My entire attention was on finding Caleb. And if you're here and you're a member of God's family, God loves you. I know he does. I hope you know he does. But you're home. And it's not that he's not thinking about you, but he really wants your help in finding those that are still far from him. And my prayer and my hope today is that you and I will realize you're it. You are the one that's called to find them, to seek and save them. There's, there's a scripture as we turn towards closing here, Matthew 4, 18 and 19, where it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me. Now raise your hand if you're a follower of Jesus in this house, right? If you're online, give us a thumbs up right now if you're a follower of Jesus, right? It says, follow me, and I'll make you. Now oftentimes when we preach, you know, uh, in, in certain places when, when, when scriptures preach, we kind of believe that he goes and says, and I'll make you happy. I'll make you comfortable. I'll make you successful. But that, that's not what God said. Now, I, I know that the joy is fully found in Jesus. I know that all my needs are met in him, right? And I know that we have entire victory in Christ. I know that. However it might look like. And there might be some situations that might not look like the way I would like them to look on this side of eternity. But I still have the victory. And I still have peace. And I still have joy. And I still have hope, right? But what he said he would make us was fishers of men. Like, in other words, 
you know you're following Jesus correctly if you're fishing for people. And if we're not fishing for people, we should question the quality of our following Jesus. Like, we should, right? I mean, can you get that from Scripture? Like, I can see that. It's right there, right? And so, so, so that word make is not the word make that you, like, don't make me pull over, right? It's not that same word that you and I sometimes make, make me this, well, make me, right? That's not it. It's, it's the Greek word poieo, which actually means to shape and, and, and to frame and to, and to form and to, trans, and to, to, to like transform and, 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 and to construct. Which basically what Jesus is telling you and telling me here is like, look, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, how you got here, the level of your talent or your personality. If you follow me, I will transform you in such way that your life will be used for an eternal and great purpose, which is to help others get to eternity with God. There's no greater mission than that, no matter where we're at in the world, right? And so I might invite James to come on back to the keyword as we close. Romans 5a, one of my favorite scriptures says, but God demonstrates his own love for us. He doesn't just talk about it. He doesn't just send you a little note or a text with it. He demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were far from him, wanting nothing to do with him, could care less about who he was or maybe questioning that he even existed. While we were yet sinners at that time in our lives, Christ died for you. That's how God demonstrates his love. Because even when you could care less who God was, in that moment of your life, he says, you're, you're worth this much to me. And he gives his only son to die for you. Which means this. I don't know where you might be today, personally. But even on the worst day of your life, on your worst day, because I mean, you, you might think, well, I, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm getting up at five in the morning, reading the Bible for three hours, memorizing three chapters a day, right? Praying another five hours and, and, and sharing the gospel with 15 people a day. I mean, like, if you're there, awesome. Pray for me. Right? I'll be like you one day, maybe. Actually, I don't think so. <laughs> so maybe you're awesome. Or maybe you're in, in one of your worst seasons ever. Maybe you haven't dusted your Bible in like three years. Maybe you've been questioning God's love for you. Maybe you've been completely out of step with anything you knew to be God's design or direction for your life. And what you need to know, if that's you, is that on your worst day, you, you are still, to God, you are still worth the blood of Jesus Christ's son. And there's nothing greater of value than that. Nothing greater value. And that's who you are. And because that's who he called you to be, he also invites you to help others know him. To season your world. To bring a flavor of hope. A flavor of healing and restoration. A flavor of direction, right? To somebody who's completely 
misguided. That's what he invites you to do. And while we've been talking here, I I want to pray for some of you who might think, you know what, Edgar, I think I am identifying with the lost sheep, coin, or son. And I need to come home. I, I want to pray for you guys, if you will allow us. We would love to do that. But before that, I want to leave you with, with this question and somewhat of a righteous challenge for you. Who, who do you need to connect with this week? Because if we're going to follow him right, we're going to be fishing for those that are far from him. And while we were talking today, I am sure that if you're tuning in, tuning in at all to what God is doing through his, through his word, there's a face and there's a name of somebody maybe in your family, maybe in your workplace or your school, somebody in your orbit relationally who came up. And that's not an accident. That's because that's somebody you know, somebody in your world and, and church leadership maybe, not, maybe doesn't know them you do and that's your field that's your responsibility so my question is would you step up would you shake a little God flavoring over those that are right now coming to your mind and to your heart you don't need to know exactly what to do you just need to take a step towards them and trust that God will lead you and honestly, it could be just, hey, we haven't had coffee in a long time. You want to hang out? I mean, it just it could be it could be something like that. And then just wait for the right thing that they say. And you say, well, you know, there's hope for that. And maybe you're like, well, I'm not so sure. Well, you, how about you start that? And then you move on over to a, a church invitation. Then the rest of the team here kind of backs you up. And you guys, we're a team, right? Who do you need to connect with? This week. And if you're like, Edgar, I was thinking of no one. Can you think of someone right now? Can you be intentional about following Jesus in such a way that you're fishing for those that are from far from him? Can you go help find your little brother or your little sister? Can you, can you drop everything you're doing right now? help God get to them. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love and for the passion with which you pursued us. Those of us, God, that, that could confidently say we are home, we just want to say thank you. Especially those of us who understand what it's like to have been lost and now have been found. Thank you for the privilege of being a part of your family and living with eternal assurance that no matter what happens in this crazy world, we're good because we're in Christ Jesus. And I pray, God, that you would stir our hearts. God, I pray over this house in Radiant Bay City and every, every Radiant Church. God, every church that preaches your word in truth and in spirit in this city, wake us up to the call that we have to season and flavor our world with the truth and the hope and the grace and the power of Jesus Christ. God, there's people all around us that know you, maybe know about you, but don't know you personally. And God, you've called us to season their life with your hope and 
with your grace and with your power. I pray, God, that you would, I pray boldly right now, Lord, that you would not let us be comfortable with ourselves until we're stepping into the arenas where you've called us to be, to be salt and to be light to our world. God, move us away from comfortable Christianity into real Christian living and being the salt of the earth, the light of this world, God, and being those who fish for those you are crazy about coming home. In Jesus' name. And if you're here, as we finish, if you're here today and you're like, you know what, Edgar? I am far from home. And I see it now. And maybe... Maybe it was no fault of your own. Maybe like it was somebody else's carelessness or somebody else wounded you. I'm so sorry that happened to you. But God won't hurt you. And maybe, maybe you're blaming him for something that he never did. And if you give him a chance, he'll show you. He'll show you. He had none of that for you. He has something completely different. Maybe you're here and you're, yeah, I understand the little sheep. There's just, just distractions and chaos and I'm far from where I used to be. And you want to come home. I'd love to pray for you if that's you. Now, it's a simple prayer I want to invite you to, to make if this is you. But it's incredibly powerful because it changes your eternal destiny. So if you're here and say, Edgar, man, I want to be included in that prayer. I know that this church, nobody wants to embarrass anybody. So we're not going to call you to come forward or anything like that. But I'd love to know if this is you or if this is you online, man, send us a little wave or a thumbs up. We want to pray with you. Or if you're here, would you just lift up your hand and say, include me in that prayer? If you're here. Out there. God bless you guys. All right. Anybody else? Include me in that prayer. Awesome. All right. You put your hands down. But everyone, please, let's not let anybody pray alone. Can everyone just put one hand over your heart and then just repeat out loud with me. Say this, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I thank you for giving your son to die so I could live. Thank you, Jesus, for taking my place at Calvary's cross, for taking my sin, my shame, my rejection, my pain, and my death and giving me your love, your acceptance, your forgiveness, and your life. I believe you are the Son of God and that you rose again on the third day. And now I declare that you are my Savior and that you are my Lord. I will not live for me any longer. I want to live for you alone. Fill me with your Holy Spirit surround me with the people that, that will help me become everything you made me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give it up for those that might have made that decision? God bless you guys. I'll tell you what, there is a prayer team.